It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What do Jose Barrero and a big red machine legend have in common? I'm going to tell you what on today's final Aloha Friday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Aloha, you are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we've taken our love of the game, our passion for baseball, and we've turned that passion into information for you. As Jeff mentioned, this is our last Aloha Friday live show of the offseason. This will come back again next offseason, and we've got some surprises for you along the way as far as live shows go, but this is going to be the last one. Uh, on today's podcast, we are going to be talking about Jose Barrero and how he compares to a big red machine great. And speaking of the Big Red Machine, we are also going to talk about a trend they started way back when in 1978. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to be taking your questions and comments all along the way. Before we dive into Jose Barrero, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, Jeff, uh, you've put together some doozies over the course of this last year, but this one, I can't wait to see what you do with this because you want to compare Jose Barrero to an all-time beloved Cincinnati Big Red Machine great. So are we going to be adding somebody else to this list? You know, Jeff hates Jonathan India. Jeff hates Joey Votto. Are we good? Who who do you hate on the big red machine? Jeff hates Johnny Bench. Is that what we're I doing? Don't no 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 no. This is not a this is not a Jeff hates. By the way, I don't hate anybody. But this is not a Jeff hates this person. This is a. I was looking at the numbers, and there's a comparison here to be made. First of all, say his name, Davy Concepcion. And Jose Barrero have something in common. And no, I'm not talking about the career of Davey Concepcion. That was pretty awesome. Nine-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove Award winner. He won the All-Star Game MVP. He won a couple of World Series with the Big Red Machine. He even once hit 300 for an entire season. I understand that. Before all of that happened, Davey Concepcion was in the same position that Jose Barrero was in because if we had given the same timeline to Davey Concepcion that we're currently giving to Jose Barrero to figure things out, he never would have been part of the Big Red Machine. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that's so what I'm saying because but, but here's the big point. Jose Barrero has 282 career at-bats in Major League Baseball. Do we really know Jose Barrero? Do we know what we don't know about Jose Barrero? And let me let me throw these at you because this is what I'm talking about. Nine 
170 career at-bats in his first three seasons for Davy Concepcion. The man batted 221, and he got on base 27% of the time, and he struck out 161 times. Now, if you account for baseball inflation when it comes to batting averages going down, slugging percentages coming up, on-base percentages coming up, you're looking at pretty much the same career numbers for Jose Barrero in his first 282 at bats. Like, yes, he's bat, he's hit a buck 70. He's got on base 21% of the time, but we're talking about essentially the same thing. The Reds gave almost a thousand at bats to Davy Concepcion before they really made a decision. And he started clicking around that 1000th at bat. Let's see what you're trying to do here. Uh, one of the things. I think with Davey, we're talking about the 1970s. The shortstop position was not expected to be an offensive producer. That was predominantly a defense first position. If you could, if you had a great glove and, and you know could hit your weight, basically, uh, you were considered serviceable. So I don't know that the pressure level was the same for. Davy Concepcion. I don't know that the expectation level was as high as it is for Jose Barrero. And I know that's, that sounds strange when we're talking about the big red machine and knowing all the things that they did, but you know, it was just a different time in baseball. That being said, your point is not lost on me. Uh, have we been unfair to Jose Barrero? Yes. Did the reds rush him along too soon? with the whole COVID season and Prosco park and all of those things. Yeah, I think they did. I think the reds bear some responsibility on kind of derailing the progress that Jose Barrero was making in his minor league career. Uh, you know, if, if Prasco hadn't happened, if the COVID season hadn't happened, we would probably only last year have been talking about Jose Barrero making his debut versus, you know, a, a player yeah. that's been around for multiple years, uh, you know, I think basically the Reds cheated Jose Barrero out of time to get himself a little bit more right before having to figure out major league pitching. That being said, um, because they have brought in so much young talent, his days are numbered and his time to figure it out is limited. Uh, the one thing that he has going for him is he does still have an option. Uh, there is some opportunity if he gets pushed off his position to go and figure some things out and come back. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what you do with Jose Barrero at this point, Jeff, because I, he's got to get it. He's, he's got to, he's got to play well enough to keep a spot somewhere on the field. These young guys are going to push him out the door. And I want to frame this discussion in the light of today, in the light of opening day, the first month of the season, things like that, because when it comes to Jose Barrero, yes, he has a ton of pressure based on how the shortstop position has evolved. There are so many superstars at that position. There are so many just amazing hitters that play shortstop now, but also the fact that the Reds have so many amazing players come through the system. You got Ellie De La Cruz, who he should be up here by May for all intents and purposes if Jose Barrero doesn't figure it out. But I feel like there are people that are already done with him. They're already like, yeah, we know what we know. We know that he's not good. We know that he's never going to figure it out. And he's barely played because there's two, there's two ways to look at him. There are some folks that are looking like, well, he's already played three years. He should have it figured out by now. But he has 282 at-bats. And 
if you take into account the walks, which are few and far between, and the different plate appearances that don't count for at-bats, he still has under 300 total plate appearances for his entire career. So it's it's something that, has he had a cup of coffee? No. It's probably like if you were to go to Starbucks, you got like a venti cup of coffee. It's a big cup of coffee. But he has not had enough time to where we can confidently say we know he cannot figure it out. You know, the Reds were much more patient with Aristides Aquino <laughs> and gave yeah. him much more time to figure things out. Then we're giving that's Jose a blueprint. Barrera. We got like two more years of Jose Barrera. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's just I don't think we'd be having the the push Jose Barrera aside conversations that we're having if the Reds hadn't gone out and got those other prospects, you know, it's, if, if it was yeah. Jose Barrero or whatever rented shortstop, they go out and get each off season, you know, Jose Barrero would have a lot more time to figure these things out. He wouldn't be being pushed off the roster. Uh, it's an, it's an unreasonable expectation for sure. And it's definitely, uh, it's definitely what I hope is a, ends up being a motivator, Jeff. I really hope mm-hmm. that the writing on the wall, helps bring him along uh, there's been some flashes he's looked a little bit different in spring training the little bit we've got to see of him as far as televised games go i mean he does look like he is changing things up uh, even though with one spring training is not enough time to see if those changes are going to stick if those changes are going to produce the results that will keep him around the only thing that's going to tell us that is the baseball he plays in the month of april so i i really i hope the reds run him out there every day i don't yes. want to see kevin newman start a game in right. the month of April, it needs to be Jose Barrero. And I understand that the argument is Ellie de la Cruz, not Jose Barrero. But I think that we need to give, I mean, at least give him the month of April. And maybe even that is being unfair. But I think that in the month of April, we're going to see some things with Jose Barrero because we've already started to see them in spring. It's just it didn't start at the beginning of spring. So he's not hitting 600 like Christian and Carasio's strength. But, but it's something that I, I wanted to note because I firmly believe that you're talking about a guy who, if everyone says they know what they know about Jose Barrero, I want to come back and ask you, are you sure? Because I'm not. And I know, mm-hmm. I know you're not, Steve. So, yeah, if we'd have given the same timeline to David Concepcion, then dude's not making the big red machine because they would have already moved on. But you know what? Uh, speaking of David Concepcion, he had some feelings about uh, a very iconic thing that the Reds did a long time ago, and it has something to do with St. Patty's Day. I'm going to talk to you about what that is coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is the Ultimate GM. I'm really excited about the Ultimate Baseball GM app. It is a wonderful game that you can play on your phone. You download it today. You can literally play it offline. You don't need any internet connection. The game puts a major league front office in your pocket and on the go. It's free to download in the app store or on the Google play store today. You can take a franchise from the bottom to the top of the league as you play ultimate GM wherever and whenever you want. You control everything from player trades and contract signings to ticket prices and team facilities. This is literally the franchise game mode of MLB The Show. The only thing that you don't do is you don't play you know, each individual baseball game, but you play through seasons. You watch a team grow. You build your dynasty. 
check out one of the most realistic baseball simulations that I've ever seen right on your mobile device today. Download Ultimate GM Baseball on the App Store or Google Play Store. Plus, you can go to uh, uh, probaseballgm.com and also download that or click, uh, sorry, scan this QR code that's here in the corner today and download the app. Plus, Lockdown Reds listeners get a 100% free bonus on your franchise when you use the promo code locked on in the game store. So again, go to probaseballgm.com, scan this code here in the corner, the QR code, or go to the app store or the Google play store. That's probaseballgm.com ultimate baseball GM start your dynasty today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Coming up on Monday, where are we on the opening day roster? Because we're getting close. We're getting close enough to opening day that you can smell it, right? You can just feel the excitement. You can smell great. I mean, I can. Maybe maybe that's just the St. Patty's Day talking. But I'm ready for opening day, Steve. And I know you are too. But speaking of St. Patty's Day, the Reds just know what it is. And they got the green uniforms going. And when it comes to, you know, uh, this wonderful holiday that I love so much and you love so much, the Reds were the first to wear that green uniform. You, you pulled a me. <laughs> I pulled a Jeff. Pulled a Jeff. You know, they were. They were the, the first team to roll out what has now become a trend throughout baseball which is the St. Patrick's Day jersey, the green jersey. Switch to my green jersey for you YouTube folks. Uh, it was like an Oscars wardrobe change around here while Jeff was talking. <laughs> Got it done. Made it back without any errors. Good for me. Uh, no, the, so the Reds did this in 1978, and it was, it was a surprise for the fans. It was not announced. Uh, nobody knew about it until the team came out to warm up. But uh, it wasn't uh, as well received by the players as you might think, several of the players spoke out against wearing the green jersey. Uh, we just spent the first segment comparing Jose Barrero to Davey Concepcion, and he didn't like it at all. He, he walked in and looked at his locker and looked at his jersey and squinted at it, and he said, I'm not wearing that. I'm Venezuelan. I'm not Irish. And I, mean, you know, <laughs> I, I get it. It was, it was something different. But I wanted to talk just a little bit about the green jerseys and and – and St. Patrick's Day, because, you know, we're doing this final live show on St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, the Reds at one time, yeah. the reason I wanted to bring this, oh, look at you already pre-game. And the, the, Reds at, the Reds at one time, you know, were trendsetters. They were the team going out there and doing things differently. They, you know, they right. built dynasties. They set trends. They, they did the things they had to do to win. And, man... I wish I lived in that time because it's, <laughs> it's different now, but you know, so let's start with this, Jeff. Do you like the, the 
alternate jersey looks. I know that the Reds are going to get City Connect jerseys this year, and yes. we're not quite sure what they're going to look like. There's, I saw something online, people saying that they might actually be like a lot of black, and I, I don't know. But was, do you do you like yeah. that kind of thing? I, I do. I, I think that especially a 162 game season, it lends itself to being creative with your jerseys a little bit. Um, I mean, 162 games, you want to have some different combinations that you can kind of go to. That's why, you know, at, at first I wasn't the biggest proponent of the script reds. Now I'm, I'm okay with it. I've always been a guy that I wished and it's not as if it would make a whole lot of sense because right now it's pretty cold and rainy here in Cincinnati. So I wouldn't want there to be an oh. actual regular season game on a day like today. But I always I kind of um, miss the fact that St. Patty's Day happens during spring training because I would love to see the green uniforms in the regular season. And as far as the City Connect jerseys go, I was reading something about that. C. Trent had some thoughts in a mailbag on The Athletic. And he was talking about that he's seen them and he can't, you know, divulge exactly what they are. But to suffice it to say this, you're right. There's lots of black in the uniform. And my only hope and my hope has been ever since these City Connect jerseys came out and it was said that the Reds would be one of the last teams to invoke them and, and use them. I just don't want them to be taken too seriously. Like I want them to have fun with the jersey. Now, maybe not look at as, you know, goofy as you know, some of my thoughts have been, you know, i.e. a Hawaiian shirt with just Cincinnati Chili and Fiona the Hippo on it. But you also could have a lot more fun than maybe some other teams. Like, I, I think of the worst ones. I really don't like the Giants. It's very not imaginative. Like, like whatever. It's like all white or whatever. I, I don't really care for that. I don't like the Dodgers ones because they literally didn't change anything except for the wording on the jerseys. Like, and as long as our city connect jerseys don't look like great Britain's jerseys from the world baseball classic, you know, I think we're going to be all right. You know, of the city connects, I didn't like San Diego. I hope Carlos isn't listening today. He's going to yell at me. I didn't ah, like San Diego's very much, but um, you know, speaking of the green jerseys in the regular season, you may not have caught this, Jeff. They have been using them in the regular season uh, for the last couple years. You got to read the promotion schedule, Jeff. I know you don't pay attention to the promotion schedule, but the Reds do a Irish Heritage Day in each season you have it right there in front of you that's hilarious irish heritage season irish heritage game something along those lines at any rate they've worn the green jerseys during the regular season uh in that game so that gives you hope to get to see them out at gray american ballpark this year tldr but yes i'm looking forward to that day because i i, I like the idea of having these different alternate jerseys it's something that i think the nba has done very well whether you're talking about the really cool like sunset looking jerseys that the utah jazz have or the uh just really neon like miami vice jerseys that the heat have or something like that like i wish the reds would tap into some sort of creative artistic look like maybe you had to get cam miller on the phone or something like that. i feel like cam would have a good idea as to how to make those jerseys just absolutely pop and look fantastic but I know we're going to see those at some point. They're keeping those under lock and key. Like, I I almost wonder if we're going to hear about when Ellie De La Cruz gets called up before when we hear about what the City Connect jerseys look like because they're just protecting these things. 
I'm just waiting for him to show up on a hanger on eBay. That's how we're going to see the. <laughs> yeah. That's how we're going to see these. It's going to be in the jersey. Like, remember when they were announcing like players that were being signed in spring training a couple of years ago because they saw their nameplate in the mm-hmm. in the locker room? That's how we're going to find out about the jersey. Well, one thing's for sure. It is St. Patrick's Day. There is a green jersey available to you. So get your green jersey on. Get out on the town tonight. Have your corned beef and cabbage. Have your shepherd's pie. Have your Guinness. Have your Jamesons. Because we're good Catholic Irish people around here. I'm just kidding. You drink Bushmills. Go crazy. Either way, have a responsible fun time as you're out celebrating St. Patrick's Day tonight. And with that being said, it's time to get ready for my favorite part of the Aloha Lighty. Aloha, I can't even talk today, Jeff, and I haven't even been joining you in drink. It's my favorite time of the Aloha Friday shows, and that is the questions and comments. We're going to get to uh, put you all in the driver's seat coming up right after this. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you about one of the sponsors of today's podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. We are only days. I'm just going to start saying only days. I know it's double digit still, but only days away from opening day. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's a bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So you can feel confident in joining Jeff and taking the over and whatever crazy thing he's taking the over on because FanDuel is going to give you that money back up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you listen to Jeff and you are wrong just to get your bonus bets all you got to do is head over to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more because you can make every moment more with fanduel the official sports book of locked on and now that sports betting is legal in ohio locked on has the perfect show to help both new and seasoned gamblers Download and subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast for your daily picks and analysis. Uh, Locked on Bets is available wherever you get your podcasts, just like Locked on Reds. Speaking of Locked on Reds, you can follow the show on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. Click the notification bell and the subscribe buttons below so that you never miss any of our new content Uh, The lives are going to be a little bit different now that we're going to be in season uh, and you don't want to miss those. So have that notification bell on. You will be notified when we go live in between shows. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at S Offenbaker with two F's. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's and you can follow the show at locked on reds. All right, Jeffrey, we are arriving now at question and comment time. I'm very excited. I just got the update on my phone that Xavier is trailing Kennesaw State at halftime. So it's the most Cincinnati thing ever that we're just a team that hasn't been to the tournament in so long like Kennesaw State. Yeah. Oh, well. Go UC. Go Bearcats. (laughs) All right. Let's get into this. Uh, We're going to start with Mark McWhorter because he talks about your guy, Hunter Strickland. He says Strickland on the roster would rather have law if we were carrying a batting practice pitch. There's about 50 pitchers I'd rather have on the roster than Hunter Strickland. Let's be honest. And I I want to clarify again. I want to say this again because it made me feel icky listing Hunter Strickland. It's not Mm. what I wanted. Uh, I would much prefer to have anybody else. Uh, Bennett Souza being one uh, for a lefty. Uh, A couple other guys that Young is another guy that could have been a lefty out of 
you know, these are moves that make sense. There's just, I'm having a hard time still right now today, as we, as we do this, believing that they're not going to bring Hunter Strickland with the bullpen. I think I find myself trying to get attached to different pitchers once other pitchers, because I was attached to Ricky Karcher. I really wanted him to make the opening day roster. And since he got sent down to minor league camp, now it's like, okay, who else? Uh, Bennett Souza, uh, Alex Young. The more I watch Alex Young, I'm kind of intrigued. And I would like to see him make the opening day roster. There is nothing. And I don't know why. And we have speculated as to why. I don't know why Hunter Strickland is in the plans. There's nothing about him that intrigues me. There's plenty of other guys that are in camp that intrigue me. Get one of them. Just get one of them. I, I, I'm done with Hunter Strickland. There's no value there. Let's stay in the bullpen. Uh, Malachi says, Joe Cornell is playing great in spring training. Uh, why does no one see him making the bullpen? Well, for me, I, when I sat down with all of those pitchers, you know, I tried to look at it through how I thought Nick Craw would look at it, and that would take into account flexibility as far as options. That would take into account you know, how you wanted to build the back end of the bullpen, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how you wanted to carry two long relievers based on who your fourth and fifth starters were, all those things. So for me, Joe Cornell still has an option available, so he could be sent down and protected. So I feel like, yeah, he has pitched well enough to be in consideration for this bullpen, but I think that the, the realities of the roster uh, make him a candidate to go to Louisville and be one of the first guys up if somebody doesn't perform and gets cut or gets injured. He was a guy, remember when we were talking about the statistic of XFIP, expected fielding independent pitching, was actually pretty kind to him last year. Said that he was a better pitcher than his ERA had said. So I I, I would be I'd be more interested to watch him pitch than Hunter Strickland for sure. I think that there should definitely be a better consideration. I firmly believe that David Bell wanted Hunter Strickland back. And I firmly believe that Nick Kroll wants anybody else. Nick Kroll has shown himself to, you know, be smart when it comes to roster building. It's just for some reason, David Bell and Hunter Strickland, I don't know if they went golfing one time and David Bell lost a lot of money to him and he owes a lot of money to him. I don't know what the deal is, but I, I just feel like Hunter Strickland, at least in my optimistic heart, was brought in for depth during the World Baseball Classic with all the different relief pitchers, you know, on their different teams and stuff like that. I'm, but I'm with you. There's a better than 50% chance he ends up on the opening day roster simply because we know the Reds are the Reds. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Malachi <laughs> also dropped this in, and I'm going to use this probably by way of a tease because I didn't read this yet. I was wondering if you did, Jeff. He says, did you see uh, The Athletic posted today an article about MLB contract extensions? Do we agree with the amount and number of years for Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan India? I haven't read this yet. Um, it's still, it's like not even 8 a.m. here in Hawaii, folks. Uh, I got up early just to be with you. But uh, Jeff, let's make a note of this. We can revisit this maybe on Monday's show. I, I agree because I'm trying to look it up right now and I don't want to just, you know, yeah, let's not just gloss over it, but that sounds like an interesting topic, Malachi. So we will uh, we'll put that on the list, and we will take a look at that on Monday's oh. episode. Quickly, here we go. Tyler Stevenson, five years, $42 million. I'm all in on that. Five Sign years, it. $42 million? That sounds really cheap for him. Sign it. I, I do that yesterday. I can't. 
seem to find. Oh, here we go. Five. Jonathan India, five years, 33 minutes. Okay. Tyler. Well, Stevenson. I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> Let's do Sorry. It. I, I just, I, I was scrolling through to see if I could find it. And five years, 48 million, five years, 33 million for those two guys. Holy crap. Yeah. If, if whatever the reasoning is that you're not signing that contract, if you're the Reds, I want to hear it because getting Jonathan India for just a smidge over $6 million a year and getting Tyler Stevenson for just a smidge over $8 million a year sounds like way better than anything that I had cooked up in my imagination. So that's roughly $50 million in payroll, right? One was 20 something. One was 30 something. That's what you said. 40, 40 and 30. So it'd be like total 70, but it would be over five years. Right. So the Reds can afford that. Uh, I'm all for signing both of those guys. Uh, if I can only have one, you know, I've told you before, I would rather have Tyler Stevenson because I think we can replace India as far as that position. We've got that depth. Catcher, much harder. Uh, I know that, you know, we're using Tyler in other ways, but uh, I, would, I would sign that deal. I would do it in a heartbeat. We'll go a little bit more in depth on that on Monday because that is very interesting, but. I don't know who wrote that because it was a league-wide look. That 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 feels cheap. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna lie. That feels cheap. <laughs> I'm gonna get into a topic now that's gonna get Jeff riled up a little bit. I think, uh, but let's do it. Uh, Chad, the quirky picker, talking about Edwin Diaz. He's expected to miss the season after uh, tearing a tendon, celebrating in that wild uh, World Baseball Classic game. Uh, it is a real bummer, Chad. But I said I put that up because speculation has arisen again, Jeff, that the Mets want his brother, your favorite relief pitcher, Alexis Diaz. And I know the Mets checked in on Alexis Diaz last season and deemed the Reds asking price a little bit too high. But the situation has changed now with the other Diaz brother not being available to pitch, you know, Alexis Diaz was going to be basically a setup man for them. And they had a, a cap on what they were willing to pay for that yep. uh, with them now needing a closer. Does that change things? And if you're the reds, do you seriously consider trading Alexis Diaz? The only reason, and, and it's interesting because shout out to crazy. I've been talking with him on Twitter about this. Um, the only reason I'm trading Alexis Diaz is if the Mets call and ask and Nick Crawl says, you know, this conversation starts with Brett Beatty and they don't immediately hang up the phone because Brett Beatty is a guy who's in the rookie of the year conversation. He is going to be a phenomenal player. And if you could get Brett Beatty for this, because make no mistake about it, Alexis Diaz is not your average run of the mill, acquire him at the deadline closer. He is controllable at a very cheap number. For the next five years. Five years. five years. We're not talking about two. We're not talking about three. We're talking about five years. So I want to just absolutely gouge anybody that has any notion that they're going to come get Alexis Diaz. If you give me Brett Beatty, sure. We'll talk about that. Like, but there is no realm of reality where the Mets should even consider that. But the Reds should not go lower than that either. Okay, I like you setting the asking price high. I will tell you this, that I don't think there's a relief pitcher in baseball that I wouldn't trade. Just the nature Ooh, yeah, of yeah. relief pitching and how 
from year to year, you know, the ups and downs of relief pitchers. Uh, and, you know, there are some rare exceptions that are consistent and, and always good, but I would trade them too. Listen, if you could, if you can bring in somebody like Beatty, that's going to be a big infusion of young controllable talent, then you do it. And if it costs you relief pitching, you absolutely do it. So I'm all in on that. Look, I'd be sad. And I, I like having yeah. Alexis Diaz here and, and we'll find another closer tomorrow. I, I it's, it's, and that's something that, you know, people talk about the bullpen and they're like, okay, this bullpen kind of looks rough. And I'm like, well, if you got Alexis Diaz and Lucas Sims at the top, you got to feel a little bit better about it. So then you don't trade from an area of depth. You trade from an area that's very shallow. Then you have to factor that into the deal. Like, this deal has to make almost no sense for the team that's actually trading for Alexis Diaz. Like Brett Beatty is going to start for the New York Mets this year. There's no realm of reality where they should entertain a deal like that, but that's where I'm starting this conversation. And I agree. There is no such thing as a untouchable relief pitcher, but Alexis Diaz is high enough on that list that that is where the discussions should start. All right. Well, let's see how this plays out because the the talk is definitely heating up. Uh, our buddy BR7 drops in saying happy last Aloha Friday. He's going to miss the Aloha Fridays until next year. Says that he has no idea what to do with this hula skirt now. Well, sir, uh, post a picture of yourself wearing it on Twitter. Make sure you tag Jeff. That's <laughs> Jeff with three Fs. Let's see what that skirt looks like. I may or may not have a hula skirt on underneath. That's why we're, you know, from the chest up. Oh, man. Don't put that image in people's heads. <laughs> this has been great, though. I love I, I love every Aloha Friday that we've had. This is absolutely going to be a staple of our off-season content moving forward. Like we've said, as we move toward the regular season, it's going to be a little bit more of a moving target. We're going to kind of pinpoint some games where – we're excited about that game. It's a big matchup, a big pitching matchup or something like that. And we're going to have a live pregame show. It won't be near this long, but it'll be a live option for our YouTube folks. So I'm very That's happy that we've gotten to do this. Yeah, and that's exactly mystery. You were saying, why has it got to be the final one? I thought we were supposed to be doing these every day during the regular every season. <laughs> he thinks we're bluffing. He thinks we're bluffing. No, so the, with these live shows, part of it is – Part of it is, you know, our availability. Part of it is to be able to do it during a time where you guys, the listeners, can participate. And with game preps and, and five-day-a-week covering games and all, it's just the timing doesn't work out for us. But we are going to be coming at you live, like Jeff was saying. We're going to find ways to keep uh, having lives throughout. I just don't think we can work it into the, uh, a weekly schedule every single week. Uh, and and be able to meet that with consistency. But listen, we are so glad that you guys enjoy the live show and that it. you're here for it. And we will definitely be bringing it back. And that is where we're going to wrap up today's audio portion of the episode. For everybody here on YouTube, make sure you hang on. We're about to get into the exclusive Q&A session here. But wanted to wrap it up for our audio folks. Thank you so much for listening. Coming up on Monday... Where are we on the opening day roster? And now that Malachi has asked us, we are definitely going to throw this in there on Monday. Contract extensions for Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan India? We will speculate wildly. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen. Now make Locked On Fantasy Baseball your second listen. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball 
wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. They, just like Lockdown Reds, are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Lockdown Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 